Welcome to the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast, a Ball Blast football production. Here are your hosts, Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, and John Helmkamp. Welcome back into the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Of course, this is part of a Ball Blast football, a Ball Blast football production. Uh, John, do you want to take this or should I? Because we are very disappointed in Mr. Okada. My blood pressure is high. Um, my stress levels are increased. Uh, one Mr. Matthew Okada at, you know, 6 o'clock p.m. Pacific time decided to, to take a little, mm. little napsy-poo um, before we were supposed to record... We're starting 45 minutes late. Bets and I have been calling him, texting him, message your sister <laughs> to make sure that you're sick. okay. I would I like to state from Vermont. I was to about to I would send like a to state for the check. record that I started the nap at five Pacific time, not six Pacific time. Don't know if that makes it better or worse, but oh. Hey, just shut up and drink your coffee and get a pillow, okay? Let's, uh, let's yes. get started. Welcome in, listeners. Uh, as you can see, John and I are a little upset. Disappointed might be a good word to use here in the young Matthew Okada Discombobulated. Uh, situation. But uh, yeah. welcome back. We're in. We have haven't been back on the mic for like a week, so it feels like it's been forever. But we're super excited to get yeah. into our final division preview, the NFC South. If you missed any of our division previews, they're available in your podcast app. Go check them out. We recorded all of those episodes here in August, so check that out. Um, but first, before we get into that, guys, don't forget, trophysmack.com is the place to get your trophies, rings, belts, draft boards, loser trophies. I mean, anything that you need for your fantasy football league, they have, and it's a, a fantastic deal. Right now, if you go to their website, you buy a trophy ring or uh, a trophy or belt, excuse me, buy a ring as well, add the code REDSHIRTS at checkout, you're going to get that ring for free, which is a great deal. Uh, especially this time of year. So check that out uh, for sure. And final reminder, this is the last time we're going to announce this, okay? Final reminder, get your submissions in for the Listener League by the end of this week. Uh, we need to, to have a date for the draft. So the end of the week is the deadline. Don't forget. <laughs> I'm sorry, you have to go on YouTube. Okada's face. Okada's face. He was definitely just asleep with his eyes open for at least... <laughs> Uh, at, at least bro, you 30 seconds you oh my god and i looked at him and i contacted the worst time oh. i'm so sorry uh, oh. i was anyway. contemplating deep things <laughs> if you want to play in the listener league like the inside yes. of your eyelids with th- these three idiots and kate and michelle uh go to your podcast app leave a rating and review tag us on twitter at retro's ff pod and tag at Ball Blast FB. You have to do it for both shows to be entered. Get in there. All right, boys, let's get into the division. Before we do, let's talk a little bit of news and injury updates here. There's a lot of them going on here with training camp. I got great news, guys. Oh, oh got news. Hey, news, got news. News, 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 All right, boys, let's start with Mike Williams of the Chargers has been diagnosed with a sprain in his shoulder, and I'll, I'll break it down in more detail. Basically, the report came out. They were concerned initially about a fractured collarbone, which is typically something you'll see for an AC or an SC joint injury. Fortunately, it was not broken, so we're dealing with likely an AC joint sprain. Depending on the severity, guys, there's a chance he's not out there week one. It can affect his availability to 
uh, improve his catch radius, go up overhead. I suspect he'll probably eliminate it at least the first two to three weeks of the, of the season. Are you adjusting Mike Williams in your rankings? Really? And uh, what are your thoughts here on the Chargers as a whole? Is this a, a bump up for Keenan Allen? Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler, talk to me about the situation. Oh my gosh! Listen, hey, no, no, I no, no, no! You don't, uh, you don't get to go first. Shut up! Shut up, John! No, you, I'm just you shut use up. This as an ex- <laughs> as a free reign to talk for a second about Keenan Allen because I don't know what is going on with the fantasy community. His ADP is possibly the the foolishly lowest ADP of anybody in fantasy right now. Where's he that? is a- outside of Terry McLaurin. Uh, I mean, listen, I <laughs> believe that. I I believe that's true, but the problem is McLaurin has never actually shown it. Keenan Allen has been a fringe wide receiver one for years. He's going to do it again, and this is just another reason to have him higher. So get him out of the late wide receiver 20s, people. What are you doing? Is that where he's going? Hold on, let me check. Yes, he's going, he is. He's going, according to, according to Fantasy Pros, he's going at 19, which is still too low. Lies. I have, that's lies. I have, okay. I have him. I have him as a wide receiver one. I think that he's right at that like twelve number. So yeah, it doesn't make any sense. The disrespect is is dumb. You you think that he's gonna do worse? He he's a route runner savant slot guy. You think he's gonna do worse going from Philip Rivers to someone else? He doesn't depend on the deep ball contested catches. That's not Keenan Allen's game. So give me the guy that's gonna be the friendly target and get peppered uh, early and often in the season. But for for Mike Williams, um, I'm not really adjusting his rank very much, even if it takes him a few weeks to get going, because to me, Mike Williams is really tied to whenever Justin Herbert takes over at quarterback. And mm. I think that that's going to be like week six on, as Okada and I talked about when we did the AFC West division. Week six is against the Jets. Juicy, juicy matchup. Might be a really good time to get your rookie acclimated to the NFL put him in there at that point. So if it's going to affect him for the first couple weeks, I'm not really all that concerned. He's someone that I still want, especially in dynasty Um, for redraft purposes. Yeah. Okay. You might be looking at some down weeks to start the year, Um, but he's still going so late and someone that you can get as your wide receiver, like three or maybe even four. Um, I'm completely fine with, with that value on Mike Williams. Yeah, and real quick, just to speak to like the injury again, it's not necessarily that I'm saying he's going to definitely be limited. I'm saying if it's more of the severe grade three type injury where there's a, a true ligament tear, long term, there's zero concerns about this. So if there's yeah. anyone that's like worried in Dynasty, yes, scoop him up. I've been buying Bounce. him everywhere this offseason. I will never quit Mike Williams, even when he's out of the league. <laughs> All right, <laughs> on to the next piece of news here. Injury update. Kenyon Drake was seen in a walking boot, and this sent fantasy Twitter ablaze today. Everyone's freaking out. Oh, my gosh, what do we do? <sighs> I wish I could tell you because <laughs> the NFL is so interesting how they use uh, boots to kind of protect people's feet and um, ankle sprains. You'll see this all the time in season. Sunday night injury morning and they wake up on Monday they're in a boot even if it's a super mild injury so the reports right now are that it's not a big deal Kenyon Drake took to Twitter and said I'm fine who knows what that means at this point because the the NFL has adapted how they report injuries they're they're able to call things like a lower body injury or he's week to week or he's day to day which is more of like a hockey term you don't really see that in in football so it's tough to really read into the specifics here I'm going to say we're, we're not worried until we see more details because you can't really speak to it uh, at this point. And just a friendly reminder, he was in a walking boot last year, uh, right around the exact same time for a very mild like bruise in his foot. So right now, no real concerns, but we got to monitor it. 
One I am really worried about, though, is Tyrell Williams. Torn labrum in his shoulder. He's reportedly going to try to rehab that and then try to play through it this year. He's not on my draft board. He's off, and he never really was to begin with, but this alone pushes him way down. The re-injury rate for players with a, a labral tear with instability in the shoulder is like 50%. Like It's, it's super, super high. Uh, the rate of redislocation, especially in football with a contact sport, is extremely high. So wow. for me, no thank you on Tyra Williams. But guys, talk to me about Brian Edwards and maybe a little Hunter Renfro in your life. Yeah, uh, listen, Lots I already... excitement. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I already had Tyra Williams fifth on the team in targets, so it doesn't really do too much for me necessarily. Um, and Brian Edwards was one of the guys ahead of him. And I haven't given a full re-shuffle re to Edwards in, the, in my projections, at least, since sort of this buzz started to come out for him. I think well, no, you've been sleeping. Oh, uh, yeah, true. You've time to. <laughs> I, I think he's going to be good. I don't think he's going to be an A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin type of guy like people seem to think that he probably can be in year one. Maybe right. he will be down the line a little bit. I don't think he's going to have that crazy first season breakout like we saw from those guys, especially mid to late last year. I still like him, and I still think he's probably one of the few rookie receivers that I might draft late. But it's like a end of the draft dart throw kind of pick. Yeah, Brian Edwards. Um, if this is something that is going to hamper Tyrell Williams at a risk of missing time or his uh, ability for contested catches or anything like that, to, to me, it's wheels up on Brian Edwards. Like I'm a little bit more bullish on him than I think Okada is. I think that 800 yards and six touchdowns could happen in his rookie season. Um, especially if Tyra Williams is not in the mix, because now he is unquestionably the only big target in that offense outside of tight end. He's the only like true X jump ball wide receiver on that team at mm. six four. And this was what he made his calling card in in college was the contested catch, lining up out wide, playing the sidelines. So I I'm kind of bullish on him. I, I think that he might have a A.J. Brown-esque, not quite to that extent because he cracked 1,000 yards, but if you give me 805 to 6 touchdowns in his rookie season, I think that's absolutely within the realm of possibility. It's intriguing. I mean, the only reason I'm saying I don't know that I see it is because Darren Waller was so good last year, yep. but he didn't score touchdowns, and I think he's going to dominate in in the, the red zone this year or close to the, the goal line. I mean, the guy only had three, and he was just a massive volume guy, so even if his volume comes down, Waller's touchdowns should come up, and that sure. might limit Brian Edwards, six touchdown ceiling, but he's a monster. Uh, he's great. I think he's going to be fantastic in this league. But we also have to remind ourselves as we get very excited, there is still Henry Ruggs there. There is still Derek Carr throwing the football. So true. And, uh, we'll and we got to regardless, yeah, we got to talk about Ruggs also in terms of what his yeah. role in that offense is going to be. And that's just a massive question mark because he could be they scheme things up to get him the ball in space or he could just be a, a deep threat kind of a decoy spread the defense you know things like that so we'll we'll kind of figure that out early in the season in terms of how the Raiders are deploying him and what that's going to look like and that will really change the tone uh quite a bit in terms of what we're looking at with this this passing game in, in the Raiders yeah and keep For in sure. mind like 
even if he does have a McLaurin-esque season or a Metcalf-esque season where he's in the 907 range, which both those guys were, they were wide receivers 27 and 32 last year. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's most likely that he's in the Deontay Johnson range, which is 680 and 5, and that was wide receiver 43. Sure. So he's going to be, I think he's going to be good for a rookie-ish, like Deontay Johnson led all rookies in receptions last year. I think he'll be good. But how often it will matter for fantasy maybe keep things. And that's kind of what we're talking about. For redraft purposes, yes. I'm not really interested. Uh, he's he's not going to benefit your team for redraft purposes. For Dynasty, though, this opens up the door for him even further to potentially solidify that role as the outside threat on this offense. Wide receivers are generally looking two to three years down the road, so I'm, I'm very intrigued in Brian Edwards and Dynasty. With you on that. Speaking of Deontay Johnson, he is currently battling a calf injury and it is sidelined him for about a week. So, and I want to also put this out there too. All this report right now is, is speculative that it is a calf injury. There's been reports saying that they've seen a sleeve on his lower leg and that they've kind of heard rumblings, but the team has not officially announced it. So we're gonna we're gonna treat it as such until we hear otherwise. But if that is the, the case, I mean, calf injuries are notoriously really tricky for um, wide receivers, for running backs specifically when we're talking fantasy. So to me, the fact that he's missed five days does kind of have a little pause in kind of looking at his early season projection. The biggest risk is going to be next week when he comes back onto the field. And if he makes it through the week, all right, maybe we're all right. But we know how, how you know difficult those soft tissue injuries could be. Fellas, if Deontay Johnson was going to miss any time at the start of the season, is it James Washington, Chase Claypool, Eric Ebron? Who do you guys think steps up here in the passing game? Uh, none of the above and a slight bump to Juju, then that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, um, so no one's catching the football. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll lean James Washington way because he was all the talk last offseason coming mm. in for the Steelers that everyone was, was hyping him up and his, you know, he and Ben Roethlisberger seem to be getting on a good page and everything is going well. Then Big Ben got hurt, and then, you know, Deontay comes onto the scene. So I'm I'm kind of hesitant a little bit in terms of Deontay Johnson getting, you know, on the same page with Big Ben as it is because they didn't see the field together last year. He, he was getting work in with their scrub quarterbacks. So if James Washington already has a little bit more of a rapport with Big Ben, that's something to kind of watch a little bit there in terms of the Deontay Johnson ridiculous hype train. And especially now with him having some calf issues, I think that James Washington might be a little bit of a beneficiary. But I agree with what Okada said. In if anyone in this offense misses times, the uh, the the biggest beneficiary is going to be Juju in that passing game. So yes, it's, please. It's Juju systems up all the way across the board. Look for a rebound to potentially wide receiver one status this season. Um, yeah, let's go. That's, that's how I'm looking at it. Yes, Okada, we've done it. Yeah, we I know. Officially convinced. I know, that. I know, I know. If you go back it. to like May's it. episodes, maybe <laughs> even like April's I episodes, know. is Shush. he really a wide receiver one? I don't know. I don't think he has it in him. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he does. Let's go. What I said back in May is that I I'm interested to see him prove it when he doesn't have Antonio Brown on the other side. That he that's the prove it. 
And he might. And I think that he will. And that's what I've come around to is that we just haven't seen it. And there's a lot of question marks in that offense with Ben being gone for a year and, and you know, no AB now and stuff like that. It's going to be an entirely new look this season. So I am rising on him. And I think that he's an incredibly talented kid and he's still crazy young. So I'm, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt here where I think as the focal point in that offense, volume is going to be king and he should benefit from that and get back closer to what we were seeing from him two years ago. And as a note, I would rather Deontay be on the field. I would rather James Conner be healthy for Juju than for them to be missing time and him to be getting an obscenely like 180 target Julio Jones type season. Because I I think he's going to get the targets with those guys there anyways, but the offense will be much more well-balanced and he can thrive from an efficiency standpoint much better. Efficiency, more scoring opportunity, all the above. Yep, 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 yep. True that. All right, boys, last two things here real quick. Tyreek Hill has been missing some time with a hamstring injury. He is back doing individual drills as of uh, Monday. We'll see how he does throughout the week. Daryl Henderson also has a mild hamstring injury. Something to monitor there if you are a Cam Akers owner or if you are out drafting Cam Akers in the draft league. So Can I watch just, out for those two. I'm doing that. I'm just going to I'm gonna add something in there really quick that's, that's just kind of interesting. I really, really liked Cam Akers, the prospect. We know this. I've, I've been high on him. We all have. We like him. It is very interesting to me, though, that we're not hearing, like, a drumbeat for Cam Akers even when Daryl Henderson isn't on the field. Like, I'm, I'm hearing it about... Out of Rams Sw- camp? Is that what you mean? Yeah, or beat reporters or anything like that. Like, I'm hearing it for Swift up in Detroit. I'm hearing it, obviously, for CEH and Jonathan Taylor and Kansas City and, and Indy. Um, even Zach Moss is getting some drumbeat going up in Buffalo. I'm not really hearing Cam Akers, like shining or showing well with the opportunity of not having Daryl Henderson. So that's just interesting. It's just something to watch. I'm curious why I'm not hearing more about Cam Akers out of that camp without Daryl Henderson on the field. They're talking about bringing in like Malcolm Brown and and stuff like that. The beat reporters are too busy talking about the beautiful stadium. That's the problem. (laughs) Partially. And it is beautiful. (laughs) That's all the stories I've seen out of Rams camp. Look at I was going to say, outside of watching Hard Knocks, which honestly hasn't been anything football related, it's like all it's all COVID, COVID stuff. Yeah, um, I, I'm with you. I really haven't seen a ton on him. I saw a little, you know, blurb here or there, but everything that you see or that I, at least that I've seen is like, you know, we've got three good backs here that we really want to use. We've got Malcolm does a great job. We have Cam who's exciting. We have Daryl Henderson who's, who's shown a lot in camp. So I'm with you, man. It might be a slower start than what we're hoping for, but I think. Come season's end, I think, I firmly believe Cam Akers is going to have that backfield. Oh, so I, I agree. We'll see how, how it I, progresses. But in terms of your expectations for 2020 production, maybe yeah. kind of tamper those down a little bit. Dynasty, absolutely. I still like him to take that job, but I don't think that he's lining up to, to tote the rock a ton early in the season. Yeah, fair enough. All right, boys, let's move on from the injury updates. We had a, a great review come in on Apple Podcasts, and every now and then it's fun to, to share these with you guys, let you kind of know like the feedback that we're getting, and we truly take it in and appreciate it and use it in what we're doing. So we have the lovely sounds of Okada's mm. sleepy voice, <laughs> who will read this uh, Apple Podcast review that just came in the other day. Oh, man, it has probably been... A year since we've done this, I feel like it's been so long. No, it's been no, like no, a, two months. We've read maybe once in the last year. Then, okay. Twice. Anyways, this comes in from Runner Lewis. Ooh, 
fast and speedy, or maybe he's a long distance runner. I really don't know. But he says, recently stumbled onto this podcast when I dipped my toes in Dynasty for the first time. They provide great advice and really know their stuff. What's best, of course, is the Dynasty angle. You don't have to wait and hope the hosts mention Dynasty. It's all Dynasty, and if it's not, they'll let you know. You don't really need to go anywhere else for Dynasty info and advice. Yes! Well, it's perfect. Thank you so much for that review. Let's go, um, Lewis. The only Did, thing is, am though, I the only one? Am Lewis. I the one that felt like Okada just read that as like uh, the host of like an old school dating show with like the three doors <laughs> and behind yeah, door, number two door number two is the Red Shirts <laughs> Dynasty Podcast. They bring an interesting Dynasty angle to everything that they talk about. What John is saying yeah. is that we are a catch, and you should all subscribe and propose marriage. Door number Absolutely two. Absolutely do that. Richard's We're here problems. for life. Um, Lewis, the only <laughs> issue with this review is that you haven't tagged us on uh, social media. If you would Ooh, like to be in true the listener league, please do that. Otherwise, thank you, sir. We, we really do appreciate it. All right. On to the divisional preview here. NFC South. Boys, let's start with Tampa. What a year that was for fantasy. You had Jameis wow. Winston, 30 for 30, in his words. Shout out to Jameis. Uh, told reporters at the end of the year he was, quote, balling out. Despite throwing 30 <laughs> interceptions and single-handedly losing the season for, for oh, Tampa, you hate to see it. Oh. Regardless, his first regardless. pass, his first pass, and his last pass of the season were both interceptions. I mean, you can't write that. You, you, you can't. can't make that up. It's phenomenal. We know the story, though. You know James who else's said. last pass of the season was an interception? Is the new quarterback of the Buccaneers. Tom Brady. Yes. Mm. Oh, it was. How ironic. Uh, but with Jameis, man, it was it was perfect for fantasy. You wanted to own him because of the fact that he was just putting up massive performances. Interceptions don't really matter for fantasy. And when you talk about the game script, it matters a ton for how his receivers did. And we saw that last year. Chris Goblin, huge breakout. Mike Evans, another absolute uh, locked and loaded stud season over a thousand yards yet again. That's all he does. Boys, it, Chris Goblin, where does he fall in your dynasty rankings? Let's put the number at like wide receiver five and a half. Would you put him below that mark as like five or better or above that at six or worse? Uh, I'll give me the under, please. Lord. Where do you, do you know where you have him? Uh, I believe four. I will double check. Dun, 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 dun. Four. That? All right, there it is. John, what about you? Um, yes, I think I've got him at four as well. Um, he's an absolute stud. I love it. Yeah, I've got him at five, so I'm right there with you guys. Um, I think what we saw last year is the normal with him operating out of the slot. Do you guys have any concerns with Tom Brady now in town? No. Nope. Uh, as far as his long-term outlook? The only the only concern I have as far as long-term outlook is we don't know who the quarterback will be in three years. Right. Because I'm guessing it won't be Brady. Even if he keeps playing after, what would that be, 45 which is kind of what he always said he wanted to get to, I think. I imagine he might go somewhere else and try to take another team to the Super Bowl. I don't know. But I don't know that he I don't know that he will. I think that this is the last go around for Brady. Stop. I think I think it's Tampa. The last dance. I think it's Tampa for two years. Maybe they pick up a third, and then it's it's off into the sunset with Giselle who wants him home. I, I think True. that that's kind of what it's gonna look like at this point. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that one for sure. Let's talk about Mike Evans. He's been kind of a, a guy I've stayed away from in redraft leagues. I'm not uh, at his last time that I looked. The ADP was wide receiver eight. You have to take him as a wide receiver one in redraft leagues. Now in Dynasty, I still like Mike Evans. I'm just not sure that I'm willing to kind of go in at at the cost that it takes to get him because I personally feel we're going to see a little step back in production because of 
not having the Jameis Winston deep ball, not having this like massive volume. So I still like the player. He's a stud. He puts up a thousand yards literally every year. But I think this year we could see a little bit of a step back and redraft a uh, complete fade on Mike Evans. Are you guys with me on that as well? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to overstate it because Evans has been a thousand and six ish guy. Well, more than a thousand, but at least a thousand and six ish guy for every year of his career. It's been insane. But I don't think that he has that top six dynasty wide receiver caliber anymore that he certainly had even as early as last year when it was still Winston slinging a rock. Now with Brady, I think that, and we've talked about this briefly before, I think that having Brady really hurts Evans more than anybody else on that team yep. because he won so much on the Winston, not giving a crap, throwing it up, and Evans dominating and catching those balls because that's what he does. Brady likes to get a guy who's open. Brady likes to get a guy underneath. Brady likes to get a guy who knows going to get yak and can separate. Evans is a little bit less of all of that, certainly than Godwin and even than maybe the average guy because he wins so much more with his size and strength and contested catchability. So, yeah, I mean, you guys tell me if this is insane, but in a dynasty league, to give some the listeners some context, in a win-now league where I kind of needed some running back depth, I traded Evans for James White and Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I like it. Oh, I would do that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm I think. I mean, this time next that. year... There's a there's a realm of possibility where Calvin Ridley is valued higher than Mike Evans. Yes. I'm not saying that's what I'm projecting. It could happen. I mean, the, the little bit of an age difference, Ridley, obviously, I feel like ascending and, and people in Dynasty just get like so I'm not saying that's that's what the difference is. I'm just saying people in Dynasty like get so tired of the old and they're like, oh, yeah, he's been around and he's <laughs> put up a thousand yards for eight years in a row. But whatever. Like, like Keenan Allen, Ridley, he could he could be the next thing, you know, and, and so I think their value might change. Yes. But um. Totally. I could see that being a possibility. Yeah. At I'm, tight end, guys. I, I'm there. And, and one last thing on Evan. Speaking of tight end, what I wanted to say to that is that Brady likes the tight end. If he's going to look for a big body that wins on strength and contested catches in the red zone, it's probably not going to be a wide receiver. It's going to be the tight mm-hmm. end. So, he doesn't know uh, what that looks like at wide receivers, though. No, he's not used to it. So, uh, yeah. listen, I've, I've said it before, and I'm still standing my ground on this. I think this is the first year that Mike Evans misses 1,000 yards in his career. I, I don't think that he gets it. I think it's going to be Chris Godwin. And I think that Mike Evans falls short of that number for the first time in his career and is lower on the touchdown total. Like, you know, I, I'd feel more comfortable putting him at four to six than I would be putting him at six to eight in the touchdown category this year with that offense. So, all right. That's what I'm putting on. Bets, bets. 975 and a half. Bets, bets. Over. Can I set the line at 975 and a half? I'll give I have quite a bit over this year. That's close. Like, I don't think he's going to miss it by much. He's not going to be at like 850, but. All right. 989989981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981981
absolutely love Cynthia Freeland. Oh my true. gosh, love her. She's I don't know fantastic. what she has to do wrong, but definitely true. She's absolutely amazing. We love Cynthia. We've had the pleasure of talking to her before. She is a gem and a delight and a savant when it comes to statistics. And, and I absolutely love her for everything that she puts out there. She has Gronk at over 900 yards this season. I saw that. Yeah. What? Um, here's the yeah. thing. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's Do a you know hot how many take. That is hot. She has him for. Um, you can all look. I think it might be eight. Let me, let me check. Okay. Because the simple fact is I can see him having a large amount of touchdowns enough to make him fantasy relevant. Eight would probably be the max I would get to, but I think he could easily get six or seven. But I do not see him getting the yards, man. He, I don't think he has the juice anymore to put up 800 yards, to even put up 700 yards. I have him in the five or six hundreds. And if he can score seven touchdowns, that's enough to easily make him a tight end one. Mm -hmm. And I think he probably can, but I'm not necessarily betting on that either. He's a very, very back end tight end one for me for this year. And bets to your original question, if you're going out and trading for a veteran to try to win now, to win a championship now, and it's a guy who you're going to have for one or two years, and then that's it, you're going all in. I don't think I'm doing it on a guy who's a fringe tight end one. I think I could probably get the same stats Jack out of Jack Doyle. Yes, easily Jack Doyle. Uh, I, if I went out and got Jonu and Ian Smith, one of those is probably going to put up similar numbers. Jared Cook or Rob Gronkowski for 2020 only? Ooh, that's, that's a really good one. I'm going to check my actual ranking so I don't say something silly. Jared, Jared Cook. Cook. Yeah, same. Hmm. But I think that's that's probably right in the range that he belongs, I think. Yes. Like that back end, tight end one, maybe a tight end two. Yep. I don't know. I, 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 I can't do it. I, I won't give up pieces to go get him because he's not going to put you over the edge, in my opinion. I, if you're looking for a guy that's going to put you over the edge and win a championship, to me, it's not Gronk. I, I would much rather have a Jack Doyle, which sounds gross to say based off their two names, <laughs> a future Hall of Famer and uh, Jack Doyle. But uh, in this season, that that's what I want. Um, let's move on to OJ Howard, guys. Dynasty buy low, yes or no? No. Gotta? How low can I buy him? Are we talking a fourth that's round pick at this point? How low can you go? How low? <laughs> that's go. hey, that's the question. Uh, if you're not watching on YouTube, John just danced and it was very nice. Wonderful. I would say like a, a, a late second, early third seems like about right for a guy like that. Hmm. John says no. I would buy him That's for a third. Tough. I might buy him for early third, but probably not. I think it has to be a late third, early fourth. I, I'm not. Funny. I'm not buying a descending asset with a third round pick. Sorry, I'm. I'm not. I, I'd rather get someone with upside that I think is still, you know, on the upswing instead of. I don't even what what is he? I don't know. They brought in Gronk. They still have Cameron Braid. I I don't know what OJ Howard's role is going to be in this offense. It just, it it doesn't look good. This might be his last year in Tampa. I, I don't know. I, I'm not giving up a rookie pick for someone that I don't have any confidence in what his role is going to be on the field or where he's going to be after this year. No thanks. I'd rather take a shot on a rookie. There's rookies every year that go in the rookie third and fourth that end up showing some value and kind of busting onto the scene. Now, it's not often, but it's a dart throw, and it does happen, and I'd rather take that dart throw. I'm buying him for a third. I, I don't. I mean, the, the, here's my rationale. Okay. Like, well. It takes players so long <laughs> at tight end to get to be fantasy relevant, right? So, like, you're telling me I could have OJ Howard for a third this year. Great. If it doesn't work out, 
no sweat. I know for a fact whatever tight end goes in the third next year or the year after will still be able to be a trade candidate <laughs> early in his career because it, you can just cycle through these guys over and over and over again because their value doesn't increase unless you're like a freak athlete like Evan Ingram or someone like that where he came out and smashed his rookie year. It doesn't really happen. So I'm willing to see if I can get him for a late third or like a fourth. Like at that point, I mean, you're literally just like, it's free money. You might as well see what happens. But that's me. Apparently, I'm a sicko, and I'm willing to take a, a risk on O.J. Howard, who, by the way, quick stat, and this is not a good stat for this man. He finished 64th among 71 tight ends in pass blocking and oh. 70th out of 71 in run blocking, which how is I'm he getting on bad, the field? Which it is. Like, how is, is he getting on the field? But I want that tight end in fantasy. I kind want the, of, the yes. coach that, that is smart enough to say, oh, he is uh. so bad at blocking. Put that man in the slot and let's see what happens. <laughs> but I'm they've just got, saying. But they've got, just slotty, they got Slotty Miller to work the slot. It, it's not going right, to be right. Gronk. And he's, or, and he's, more of a, he's more of a, a trade target for his second team that he signs with for super cheap, and they may be bringing it to something. That's what I'm saying. No, That's me. I, I will quickly throw this out there. It's something that I think about a lot when we're, when we're talking about like, who would we trade for that? Or what would we trade for that? What's the pick value? And all the time we say, oh, I'll throw a third for that guy. Oh, I'd definitely give a second for that guy. We don't have an endless number of seconds and thirds to throw at these players. We have <laughs> right. one unless we traded something else for someone. So while I don't think that O.J. Howard for a late third or even a mid third is terrible value, if I have a third and I'm trading it for someone, I'm probably trying to get someone a little better than O.J. Howard. Speaking of, in the past, we have talked about uh, Paris Campbell when we did our AFC South last mm -hmm. week. I sent a yep. second for Paris Campbell and it got turned down. Ooh. Oh, wow. The hype. Interesting. It's real. Must be listening to the show. The hype uh, is on. All right. <laughs> Moving on to the running back position, boys. Ronald Jones is making buzz in training camp despite missing a wide open pass from Tom Brady on Twitter, which I saw oh, and I was laughing. See it. <laughs> Classic <laughs> Ronnie. See it. That's so Rojo, man. Classic. <laughs> so no, Rojo. but in all seriousness, he's he's a value in redraft leagues. I mean, you're telling me you get a starting running back in like the late sixth, seventh round. At that point, I think he is a value. In Dynasty, I want nothing to do with him. Let me be very clear. I'm not sure what to make of this backfield. Keyshawn Vaughn is still a guy that we liked pre-training camp, but man, you, you talked about in LA, nothing positive. There has been nothing. No, there's actually been negative. Keyshawn Vaughn. Like it's not that there's yes. not oh, yes. anything positive. Quite the opposite. There's been negative about Keyshawn Vaughn. So, I assume you guys are in the same boat as me. If, even if you're on a win now team, are you trading for Ronald Jones? No. Dynasty. John. No, I'm not looking to acquire him. Um, listen, he had the starting air quotes had the starting gig last year and air quote. In Tampa Bay, he still had like 820 rushing yards on the season. Like, he doesn't do... Like, just because someone is going to win the starting gig, quote-unquote, in their team doesn't make them a good asset for you. He's going to be a starting running back. Is he going to catch any passes? Probably not. It's probably going to be uh, Dair that catches any any passes in that offense. Ogunbowale. Yeah, Sure. I'll let. Yes. Okay. I'll <laughs> let. I'll let. Matt, is that right? <laughs> yes. Ogumbawale. Ogumbawale. Yes. Okay. Thank yeah. you. I yeah, I, yeah, start, yeah. I start with that one. Um. 
him and Albert O, I mix up their last names, and there's just one giant string. It's just strings of vowels. That's that's all it is. It's a lot of vowels. It's a lot of vowels. But I think that Dair is going to be the pass-catching back. I think that Rojo is going to get the early down work, but he's proven not to be great at it. He's not very efficient. The offensive line didn't really increase in any special capacity. If anything, last year, defenses should have been keying in on the pass much more because of Jameis Winston slinging it all over the field. You have to think that they're going to be looking at this offense a little bit more conservatively this year compared to how they did last. So I don't know that Ronald Jones is even a value in any format. I just don't want anything of this backfield. Keyshawn Vaughn, maybe I'm, listen, I, I took him in a few rookie drafts because I liked the prospect and I liked the landing spot and it's been a really rough training camp. He was out on the COVID list, so I'm still holding him and thinking that he's going to get a crack at it at some point, um, but Ronald Jones, eh, I don't know. I, I, I just, I don't want any of this backfield for 2020. I think it might be Keyshawn Vaughn in 21. That's basically how I'm looking at it right now. May I share a statistic? Sure. Please. Pass block blocking grade for <laughs> running backs in 2019. There oh, were don't even, 122 don't running backs. Ronald don't Jones was 98th with a 38.4 oh. PFF grade. Now, that now, is Keyshawn just Vaughn. short of being the 100th worst running back in pass blocking. <laughs> and in case anyone was uh, not aware, Tom Brady is the quarterback for yes. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> if Ronald Jones misses one block and, and Bruce, Tom Brady gets blindsided, and Bruce has he's already said done. this, Bruce Arians has already said this. He said it this last week that pass blocking is going to be critical for the running back position in Tampa Bay. So Keyshawn yep. Vaughn might get on the field, even though he's had a bad training camp. That dude might get on the field in like week four. If Rojo misses a blitz pickup, misses an assignment, and the golden boy, the goat, gets buried by a pass mm. rusher by Cam Jordan from New Orleans, if if that happens, they might just throw Keyshawn Vaughn out there for a series and be like, let's see what you can do. Like, it, it, it's yeah. very possible that that happens. Could definitely see it. Speaking of the Saints, let's talk about the Saints. Shall we? Oh, Michael Thomas. Very good at fantasy. Goats. Please draft him. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> fellas, any interest in Emmanuel Sanders as a buy now, like a win for a buy now team here in 2020? Yes. I think if you have, which a lot of dynasty leagues do, wide three three wide receiver spots and two or three flex spots, Emmanuel Sanders can be a weekly starter in that kind of league. I think he's going to be a good wide receiver two for this team. And while that doesn't mean he's going to be a wide receiver two for fantasy, it means he will can be a somewhat consistent wide receiver three slash four. I think he's going to be good enough to make your starting lineup if you have that kind of depth uh, in the starting lineup year round. So if you need a guy to shore up or even as a depth piece for a team that's trying to make a championship run, because holy mackerel, the depth is so important this year of all years. If yeah, you're going to make a championship run, you need to have depth. Sanders can be that kind of guy. Okay, so to play the other side of that, Alvin Kamara is going to have exactly or more 81 receptions this year. Exactly. Yes, he is. Or more. I have projected for exactly 81 receptions. I know you do, but he why did. Would you, but he did. Why miss, would you project anything? Else? Uh, you'd missed, have to be a fool. <laughs> because he missed two games last year and still had 81 receptions. But they didn't have Emmanuel Sanders. Exactly, but that's what I'm saying. So you're going to have 81 receptions going to him. 
Michael Thomas mm-hmm. is Michael Thomas. He's the number one wide receiver off the board. Broke the record for receptions last season. Where is Emmanuel Sanders getting this volume that you're projecting him to get it from? From Michael Thomas not setting the record two years in a row. And okay, that's so, pretty much it. So he has 30 less receptions, which I think yes. is, a, is a reasonable downtick for Michael Thomas this year. 30 Agreed. less receptions on the season. Suddenly, Emmanuel Sanders is a valuable flex play. Like, I, wh- yes. where's the volume? I, I don't see enough volume <laughs> there. For What's he going to have? 45 Just, catches yes. on the year? It's like two and a half. 63. Okay. In 16, 16 games. Yes. 63 catches. <laughs> Three. John just keeps asking questions. No John is yes. looking at me like the dust storm from last week right now. It doesn't make any sense. What is this? It doesn't. I forgot about the dust storm. The dust storm was gorgeous. <laughs> we need clips of that. Please go in and find some clips where I'm going. Oh, my God. <laughs> but but here's the thing. Consider it done. Okay, do that. Put it on social. Um, so what? He's going to have like 3.75 catches per game. What just happened to my camera? I have no idea. Uh, fixing that, but I'll she, keep talking. He's going to have, what, like three and a half, four catches per game for like 32 yards? I, I don't understand where you're thinking that he's going to be a valuable fantasy asset. I'm going to let you finish this while I back out and fix my camera. Um. Well, part of it, a little bit of it, comes from the fact that the Saints and Drew Brees did not throw the ball a lot last year. And what the amount that they did throw, literally half of it went to Michael Thomas. And that's barely even an exaggeration. So, uh, hello? We lost we lost John. He's um, coming back. He's coming back. Yes, it's going to happen. Someone has to catch passes on this team besides Michael Thomas, unless he's going to do it again. Another 140-plus reception season, another record set. I think someone else is going to catch balls. I think Jared Cook is going to take another slight step down because he's 38 and a half years old. Not really, but he's very old. He might be one of the oldest actually viable tight ends in the league, reaching Tony Gonzalez levels here. So 63 catches is not that much. It's all right. I'll look at at someone else at you both just agree with each other, right. and at the same time, we're like, I just but, told but him what's so up. What's so funny about that is that you're saying the exact same that I am in terms of the volume right. that you're getting, and yeah. you're saying that you Agreed. want it, and I'm saying that I don't. Like, give me someone with upside. I want 63 catches, the wide receiver three more or four. Upside. Yes. Give me someone that has a potential role where he can see 80. Oh, he has no upside. I will take, I I will take I do not Paris Campbell over no Emmanuel upside. Sanders 10 times out of 10. Oh, in Dynasty, that's I, I'm with you. But, I mean, that's we're true. talking about a specific win-now team. The only reason I have a little bit of interest in Emmanuel Sanders, and I mean a little bit, like I can get him for like a late third, maybe, like the tiniest little bit of interest, is just because Jerry Cook caught a touchdown on 21% of his catches last year. That's not happening this year. That's one in five. And so, Thank you yeah, for the math. More than one in five. That's wonderful. If, Hashtag math. This is a researcher for the NFL <laughs> Network, ladies and gentlemen. If that gentlemen. doesn't happen. <laughs> You're welcome. If that doesn't happen, we could see more out of Manuel Sanders than I think people are expecting. So I think Okada's saying he's a depth piece on your roster, which yes. I buy into. If you're counting on him as a wide receiver, no. too, no way. No. no, no, no. Definitely don't do that. Don't so do that's it. kind of my wrap up on the, the conversation there. But the same question, Jared Cook, where are you at with him this year? Back end, tight end one to mid-range tight end two. And for Dynasty, less than that. So 
I try to get out from under Co-signed. him now if I can. <clears throat> yep, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Uh, boys, last question here. Let's just talk a little bit about Mr. Alvin Kamara. Entering a contract year, I feel like people are not down on him, but I feel like people don't value him the same way they do Zeke, Barkley, CMC, which is probably no, warranted. No, it's, it's I not. I think Kamara is up in the it's conversation of It's not warranted because Alvin Kamara I have above Ezekiel Elliott in my rankings. It is, oh, dude. let's go. No, straight wild. Go. I yeah. I give me the guy that's going to catch eighty plus receptions every year. That's going to see a regression to his statistical norm of ten plus touchdowns. G- give me that in a PPR format True. every single year and still have over two hundred carries. I want him over Zeke ten times out of ten. I I I yes. love Zeke. Zeke is very yes. very good. He's yes. fantastic. But give me that reception upside in a PPR format. Every single time. He's my three. Zeke is a very close four. They're both in that elite tier. To me, it's that that top, like, Christian McCaffrey and Saquon are in their own tier. And then it's Alvin Kamara and, well, I know how you feel about Saquon. Shut up. It's Alvin Kamara and Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> I was shaking my head yes, for the it's people Alvin that Kamara and too. Zeke after that. And then we start getting into some more conversations after that point. But Alvin Kamara is an elite dynasty fantasy asset, especially for that reception upside that he's going to bring to the table. The touchdowns are coming back this year. Get ready. It's it's going to be uh, uh it's going to be a hell of Get an outcome. Ready. It's going to be great. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, Bet's brought up the fact that he, the people seem to be bit down on Kamara, and that is literally one hundred and ninety percent of why. If this guy had had his normal touchdown total last year instead of only yeah. scoring six, there would be, he would one hundred percent be in the conversation with Absolutely. Zeke and Saquon and no. probably not CMC, uh, but in that in that range for sure. And most people seem to think he's a little less than that. Now, fortunately for our listeners, none of us do. We all do see him in that tier. Um, and while I was shaking my head at John for a, a lot of his Camara diatribe there. Uh, because I think Zeke is more reliable with just as much upside. They are pretty much in the same tier for me, and you could flip a coin, honestly, like these guys. And Saquon's in that tier for me as well. I know most people have him a tier above, but th- that uh, to me, that's a compliment to Kamara. I think he is in a similar range as those two guys. If if whoever owns him in your league doesn't or, think he's a super elite guy, go get him right now. they're concerned because they think this is Breeze's last go-round. And they're willing to get out from under it because of that. Well, I am a little concerned about that, that whereas I'm not with Zeke. That's so there true. is that. Yes. That to me is the tiebreaker in Dynasty. In redraft, I do have uh I have Kamara in PPR formats above Zeke. But in Dynasty, I will take Zeke because he's sure. locked in. I Dak is gonna get is paid. He? They've got three stud wide receivers. Yes. Yes. Yes, it's they'll Jerry. figure it out, dude. He gonna get done. Come on, it's Jerry. He gonna get oh, done. I don't, I don't know, man. They're gonna done. <laughs> get it done. Do you really I don't thought they've been pay, paying him for pay the last that? 16 months, and it hasn't happened yet. So wh- when well, is it gonna fair. happen? And Pat, <laughs> Pat Mahomes but, just well, literally well, took a sledgehammer in to the piggy bank, and now Dak's going. In Jerry's defense, over there. He is going look over there, but he's not doing it by holding out. And I think that's the point. Jerry knows who Dak is. He knows he's a guy who didn't have Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson level draft capital and therefore is not as entitled as those guys might be. 
He is a guy who is saying, listen, I was a low draft pick, but I've played well. I'm going to get my contract. I trust Jerry, but I just don't get to demand it necessarily like everyone else does. And by the way, for the record, he hasn't won anything yet. Here's the thing, a though. lot of regular season games. Patrick Mahomes just won the he, Super Bowl. He's going the Kirk Cousins route. It's going to be exactly the same scenario where he's going to have his line. Except that that team that no longer has a name is the, the worst Washington run organization football in football. Yes. And the yeah, Cowboys no, I, are one of the best. Albite Jerry's a little bit crazy is, on his drafting is, by himself. Really? You're going to tell <laughs> but, me that they're one of the best for just paying up Amari Cooper out the nose when they had Michael Gallup and then they just got C.D. Lamb after that? Pay your freaking quarterback. I mean, we're talking... Pay your quarterback. We're talking about what Amari brings to that team from a real-life perspective with Dak was warranted. I mean, the, the, the wins... Yeah, the wins... Except for the like fact the, that he wasn't even Dak, on the field the with against the Eagles in Insane. the drive that mattered, the play that the entire season hinged on, Amari Cooper was on the sidelines. That's because they had the one of the worst coaches in football okay. who is now gone. AKA idiot. I agree. But here's but here's what I'm saying. It's like on where's this magic <laughs> money gonna come from where they're gonna be able to pay him thirty-seven million a year, which is basically what it's looking like at this point. Like you had your chance. Your chance to pay him was in the last sixteen months. It's gone. She gone. You're going up. <laughs> no, but they're it's not gone. I just no, I don't they're know. Gonna pay him. We're gonna move on. We're not talking That's about that. That's that Texas oil money, John. They got. They yeah, got they're, it. they're gonna pay him. I hope they do. They I want do. them they to. It it's good for Look that at the organization. If Dak Prescott is there, it's good for fantasy. I want it to get done, but I'm really concerned. This is going back to back franchise tag years, and then he's out the door. Can we take a long term bets? Bets on this bets. Sure. Put it on. Dak the Prescott signed by week one, 2021. Oh, jeez. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, they might get it. You're saying not at all. How about how about June first, twenty twenty one? Sure. Uh, sure. John doesn't what? even know what sure. to do. <laughs> it should have been done already. Uh, I, this is dumb. <laughs> this is stupid. All right, moving on. The Carolina Panthers. Boys, there's some interesting pieces here, and I want to talk about Christian McCaffrey, who I'm going to put this out there is a top one. Our top one running back this year. Uh, no one said it. It's just me. I'm the only one. So when you hear it out there with yep. other people saying it, they copy me first. <laughs> anyway, DJ Moore. Boys, I'm I'm excited. I'm very excited about DJ Moore. He is inside my top 10 dynasty wide receivers. What say you? Uh, Well, Bets, unfortunately, I'm going to have Woo! to disagree with you on that one because he's my wide receiver 11 so oh, I can't get on board with inside the 10. No. Hater. DJ Moore is going to be great. I mean, anybody who remembers back to his rookie profiling and especially Dynasty Twitter uh, and Dynasty analysts when DJ Moore was coming out, all the analytics guys absolutely loved him. Now he has a quarterback who is competent, yep. which is all you need with DJ Moore because of the kind of receiver that he is. He is going to be excellent a, I, I, I think he's a guy who can be a fringe wide receiver one. I think he can be a Keenan Allen type guy or maybe even a little better for the next like five, six years. Where in PPR, you always know he's going to be a top 15 guy. And every once in a while, he'll be a top 10 guy. That's that's interesting. Um, Love it. I think he has... 
I am. John is stroking his beard. I, 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 I think he's nicely. got a higher ceiling than you're giving him credit for. Um, I Not think high. I think this is a potential Not top bad. five wide receiver in the NFL. Um, I really think that that's the case. There are some people that I trust and love and and know personally that have him ranked ahead of Tyreek Hill in Dynasty. I'm not going that high. That's I'm not going that high, right but there. there are people out there. Um, <laughs> I think that he's he's inside my top 10. I want to put him at probably about 8 in Dynasty right now. Um, and I think this is an ascending talent that has top 5 overall wide receiver potential in this league. Keenan Allen was the wide receiver yes, three was. in 2017, his best year. So yep. I think he could I do that I think he can once. do it more than once. I mean, hey, you're telling me that this receiver who put up a 65% catch reception with Kyle freaking Allen and 1,200 <laughs> yards doesn't have top five upside? Hey. You ask your mind, Okada. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, to me. Let's hey, talk, you know, let's talk about DeAndre Hopkins and Matt Schaub, yeah. shall we? Let's just throw it way back to there. Like, these top-tier <laughs> yeah. guys sometimes get crap at yeah. quarterback. All it takes is a change in the guard, and all of a sudden they're elevated to a top-tier talent. Yep. I think that's going to happen. I think that Teddy B is going to sustain him in a top-tier for the next couple years, and by the time that he's entering his prime years to 27, 28 years old at the wide receiver position, all it's going to take is is a quarterback change. to Like, if, if they go through a rebuild – and they can bring in whatever that next top-tier quarterback is going to be. If that happens for DJ Moore, you're looking at someone that's going to potentially be in the upper echelon of, of wide receivers. They already have a quarterback Absolutely. in place who fits what he needs perfectly. You have an accurate quarterback who can deliver the ball yep. in the short to intermediate passing game. I'm not saying Teddy Bridgewater is a top 15 NFL quarterback. But I'm saying he's better than Kyle Allen, and what DJ Moore did last year with Kyle Allen tells you the ceiling is is massive. So, yeah, let's talk about Teddy Bridgewater real quick. I like him as a quarterback, too, in Dynasty and in redraft leagues. I've been scooping him up everywhere in best ball. He is literally the last pick of every draft. I know if I want to get a Carolina Panthers stack, I can get it with Teddy because he's always there. I don't know why people don't like this guy. The scheme is awesome. It's going to be up-tempo. The defense is going to be horrific. Great pass catchers. I'll take the guy like CMC, off to, yeah. to Christian McCaffrey. <clears throat> yeah. And DJ Moore. You sign me up. Are you guys with me? Or or is is that is the thinking by the general consensus correct about fading Teddy Bridgewater? Um, no. The consensus thinking is definitely not correct because people don't even think he can do anything. Uh I think you might be a little bit high. I have him kind of in that like 15 to 18 tier with the likes of Derek Carr, uh, maybe Kirk Cousins if he doesn't quite step up to the level he can, maybe Jimmy G considering the lack of receivers there right now at least, um, where if if you want to punt on your QB2 in a super flex league, Teddy Bridgewater is beyond the ideal pick there. But if you expect him to be a top 12 quarterback, I don't think I'll. I don't think I'm going to quite get on board with that. I think he can get close, but I probably see him more in the mid QB two yeah. range, which is still fine. And I'm kind of in the middle. You've got him 15 to 18. I I think that he's more in that fringe 15 to 12 range because of what these playmakers can do when they get the ball into their hands. I think that they're going to support him. Like I, I've I've said it a few times, it's going to be between he and Jimmy Garoppolo who who lead the league in yards after the catch from their their talent around them. Very similar 
quarterbacks for fantasy Very similar, and even in but real life. I'll take like Jimmy G literally has George Kittle and that's it right now. All their wide receivers are hurt. Even our beloved Brandon Ayuk that we're hoping he comes back quickly. I know. No. The hammy, it hurts. Oh, the hammy. It really hurts. Ah. But you're telling... Get those synthetic hammies <laughs> going, Beth. Gosh darn it. You would. I'll make millions. So fast. <laughs> and then we all live happily ever after. You invested into this company. Um, yeah. True. You give me Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, even Robbie Anderson, and Ian Thomas at, at tight end it's stacked and loaded for him to be successful. I think 15 is his floor. I don't see him getting any lower than that. I love it. I think I have him at like 16 or 17, so I could definitely see him inside that come season's end. And I'm talking redraft rankings. But yeah, in Dynasty, super, super late QB2. Your roster is going to look awesome. If you were going mm-hmm. to win now in, mm-hmm. in the first year of a startup and you want to go like a stud quarterback and then just wait, for like twelve rounds or like Kyler, eight rounds or whatever. Kyler it is Murray and to Teddy, get Teddy. B as your combo would be yeah. beautiful. Love it. And Delicious. then you can just hammer yep. running back and wide receiver and then throw a tight end in there. Yeah. Such completion so percentage. Teddy B and Scott Fishbowl, yes. by the way. <laughs> um last player that I want to yes. talk about. Yes. Oh, great. <laughs> I love it. Last player I want to talk about, Curtis Samuel, entering his contract year after being the talk. Of the entire offseason last year. Thank you so much, Matt Harmon, for doing that for all of us. Can we can we talk to perception. him? And spoiler alert, listeners, on the next episode, Ooh. we have Mr. Harmon coming on the show to talk about breakout wide receivers. Make a note. Make a note. We're talking. Last we're talking year, this guy was on the list. When we talked to him. We probably will because he blew up reception perception, uh, Matt Harmon's metric, which we'll talk about uh, two years ago. And entering kind of the last season, he was like, man, I'm in on this guy. The, the metrics show it, and I think the hype got out of control. Then we had Kyle Allen, and then people were like, oh, maybe Curtis Samuel isn't that good. I'm buying back in. Ninth in air yards in the entire NFL. Comes out 52nd in receiving yards. That tells me the quarterback play was uh, not good, not as Mr. Okada likes to say. Uh, you can get him so cheap right now, and I'm taking him in startups like crazy everywhere I am. Yeah, the price is great. What do you see as the upside is my main question. I think you can put up high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two numbers. And for Mm -hmm. Dynasty, I'm in on that. Okay. I can get on board um, with that. Could be a potential week-to-week flex play depending on the matchup. That's kind of what I'm looking at with him this year. Um, Yeah, I, I don't think that anyone... Is there a wide receiver that's gone through a bigger arc over the last 12 months than than Curtis Samuel like from where people wanted him last year thinking he was well maybe Juju okay for similar yeah. reasons I'll, I'll give you Juju on that but yeah. I don't think Juju's coming to the floor of Curtis Samuel that's the thing well he's not right. Curtis Samuel's exactly. not as good as Juju but I mean that's Curtis Samuel is basically a poor man's Juju in that regard like, he is a good, very good receiver who is being overlooked because he had a terrible terrible quarterback play last year, and that's not really fair yep. to him. So I like true. it. True, true. All right, boys, last team, the Atlanta Falcons. Julio Jones, we've talked about it a lot. We talked about oh, our yeah. top dynasty wide receivers, and we still had Julio inside the top 12 because, yes, he's we've, 31. We've got him. Julio freaking Jones. And yeah, we've got him in, like, the, the top, top six consensus between the three of us, I think. Like... 
I think the consensus ranking yeah. had him at like, yeah, six or seven or something like that off the top of my head. So, yeah, I mean, hey, listen, if he stops producing this year, I'll be shocked. I'm still so in on Julio. I've debated moving him up to wide receiver two in my redraft rankings because I, I mean, look, like if Todd Gurley doesn't work, Julio Jones is going to finish as like floor wide receiver three with the way Matt Ryan throws the ball, their chemistry in a weird offseason with the volume that he's going to see. I mean, the targets just year to year is insane. So, yes, if you are a win now team, Julio Jones is the perfect wide receiver to put you over the edge. Even with all this Calvin Ridley hype, I'm still buying Julio Jones. What are you guys thoughts there on Julio, even though he is age 31? Um, Yeah. It's forever Julio until he proves me that he's not. It's, he's arguably the best wide receiver of this generation. You can put him up there with with Calvin Johnson. Um, you can put him up there with the long. You can put him up there with the longevity That's of Larry fair. Fitzgerald. Um, there's a few wide receivers in this last kind of decade that, that you can talk about there, but Julio Jones is a freak of nature at the wide receiver position. He is so insanely talented he's going to be a hall of famer i i tweeted it just a couple days ago i was just sitting there thinking just randomly and i was like man i just really hope that julio jones <laughs> can get a super bowl ring like i want it for larry fitz also the, those two guys I, I would love to see them get a ring before they go both those guys with the same team for their entire careers um you love it he's just an absolute monster and all he does is put up massive yardage totals every year he's had a couple down touchdown years but that's been a few years since that's happened he's been putting up better touchdown numbers lately than he was like three four five years ago so he's locked and loaded he's a stud wide receiver one like not a fringe a stud wide receiver one until he proves to me that he's on the way out and I will not be early on fading him. I will not do it. He is locked and loaded there until he falls off. Yeah. Uh, do not pull the Bill Belichick with Julio Jones where you try to get out from him a year early because the year early nope. will never be the right year. He's always going to go one more year. Uh, listen, I in that league I talked about where I'm trying to win now, and I traded for Ridley and uh, James White. I also traded for Julio Love Jones it. a little while ago, Love so it. I actually have both guys. Hashtag, I believe in Matt Ryan. The trade that I made basically amounted to Austin Eckler, A.J. Brown, who I freaking love, as you guys know, and Preston Williams for Julio and Michael Ooh. Gallup. That's a lot to give up. I'm sorry, say it. But I say believe it in it because Julio... Say it again. Julio's the man! Okay. Uh, Austin Eckler, A.J. Brown, and Preston Williams for Julio and Michael Gallup. There were picks involved as well, Dang. but those basically even out. I like it. I like I like what you got. I'm for it. I mean, hey, if you're going for it now, you, you can't half-ass hey, it. Hey, Betts, speaking of, if you're going for it now, you can't half-ass it. Take that trade I sent you three hours ago, <laughs> would you? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we'll find out. I'm just going to let you like sweat it out. Um, in yeah, my mind, I've already decided what I'm doing. I just can't tell you. Uh, yes, you are. No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, boy. On the list, Calvin, and just for listeners, the trade was uh, yes. Joe Mixon mm-hmm. and a third mm-hmm. for my J.K. Dobbins and a mm-hmm. second. Ooh. Worth noting, I probably have a top three roster in the I'm, league. I'm not competing say, this year. Conservatively. I'm close. It's Christian McCaffrey. It's got... Allen Robinson, it's got Tyler Austin Lockett, Eckler. it's got two stud quarterbacks. 
Austin Eckler. So, hey, maybe I just talked myself into it. We'll see. Listeners, mm. find out on Twitter. Uh, all right, moving on. Calvin Ridley enters his third NFL season. He is the talk of Dynasty. He is the absolute ultimate hype man of the offseason. Boys, are you in or are you out on the hype of Calvin Ridley? Ooh, that's a tricky question because the being in on the hype of the Calvin next Ridley Chris means Godwin. believing he's like, next to no, Leo Jones. No, you have to you have to take him as like a wide receiver, like thirteen no. to like sixteen in ADP. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know if I'm quite in on the hype. Maybe it's going to cool down a bit after the insanity that it was over the past few months, and the price I just got him for that I mentioned earlier is pretty doable, and I did trade for him, so apparently I am in. Uh, he has every possibility of being a wide receiver two for many, 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 many years. However, I do not think he has a Chris Godwin ceiling that people are talking about, to John's point. I do not think he's going to be a top five guy for many, many years. So if I can get him for top 15 prices, which, you know, Beth, you just mentioned the ADP, it's around there. If I can get him for, let's say, 15, why does he for 15 price? Because top 15 is a lot of range. Why does he for 15 price? I'm willing to do it. He has the quarterback. He has the offense. He has the system. He still has Julio Jones for another couple years. Maybe he can be, I mean, I don't think he's going to be Julio Jones, but Julio Jones became what he yep. became when Roddy White was still what he was. So, and I think it could happen to a degree with Calvin Ridley, like, Matt Ryan's not going anywhere. This team is going to throw the ball for a long time, and Calvin Ridley's going to be catching the ball for a long time. I am not in on the hype. Um, I like him. Fine. He's a good route runner. He's a good wide receiver. But Julio Jones is cream of the crop, elite of the elite, and he's under contract until Calvin Ridley's 29. 29! Julio Jones is going to be there. So you're waiting on the age 30 breakout season? Like, I, I, I don't I don't see it. Like, he's going to be fine. He's going to be perfectly fine as a wide receiver, too, <laughs> on your team. Okay. But, that's yes. A red shirt. But, that's a, a classic redshirt. But do not anoint the him the next Chris <laughs> Godwin when he's got Hall of Famer Julio Jones on the other side. It, no. His ceiling is going to be capped for quite a while. If you have him, sell him right now when this offseason is going nuts. I'm fine with the price that Okada paid for him. That's okay. But if you can find someone that's going to treat him as a dynasty wide receiver one and sell him at that price, do it. Get him off your roster. I'm fine with selling him. Calvin Ridley or Cortland Sutton? Smash! Like, that is... Betsy Poo? That is easy for me. me. Cortland Sutton, I think, is going to put up 1,200 yards this year. I need to pull up my rankings. Hold on. Hold on. It's pretty close for me. I think I probably take Ridley, but it's so close. No. Calvin Ridley or DK Metcalf? Betsy, you still have to answer the first one, but I'm throwing another one at John. Get out of here. (laughs) Betsy, do you take Ridley on both of those? I have Calvin Ridley one spot ahead of Cortland Sutton. Mm-hmm. I have DK Metcalf ahead of Calvin Ridley. Okay. All right. But, I mean, I, I think he's going to be good. I'm just not sure that, like, I mean, there's, when you think about, like, sports gambling and, like, fa- like fantasy is a sport is a, a form of 
wagering in some aspect. You're kind of project what's going to happen, and you're going to put either a little bit of money in on the line in a, in a league, or you're paying a little bit of money in DFS, or a lot of money in those formats, or whatever it is. And in general, the concept is like when every person is talking about that player, mm. there's usually some some holes to poke in the argument that no one is talking about, and it's common, commonly good practice, to just be kind of on the little bit on the other side of the argument. So I like Calvin Ridley, but people are just going bananas for this guy. And I can take him as like a wide receiver back end, like a wide receiver two. Sure. But if someone's coming up to get him at like exactly. wide receiver 12, 13, 14, ADP, I'm not in on that. You That's who, where I'm at. You know who Calvin Ridley is? Is he's the news to Fawn Diggs. Yes. Where everyone yes, just wants he is. Him to be that is for perfect. So and... And he kind of always is something, but never quite what that what everybody wants yes. him to be because there's always a guy that. ahead of him. He scores his good touchdowns. He's efficient. He's a great route runner. I think Calvin Ridley is 100% what Stephon Diggs has been for many that. years now. So much. And wow. by the way, I, I put out a tweet a couple days account. ago um, because someone tagged me in a draft that they were doing. Um, and they got Joe Mixon at a, at a screaming value. I think it was at the late third or something like that. And I was like, this is a perfect example. I'm down on Joe Mixon this year, but every player becomes a value at some point, except Marlon Mack. <laughs> oh, oh, man. <laughs> Sorry, oh, oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, boy. God. Right, Can we just pause for a second to reflect on the fact that if Jonathan Taylor is oh. a bust, we may lose John from this podcast. Oh, Listen, someone's not, gonna have to do a wellness check not, on John. Oh, there's, there's a zero percent chance that he's busting. I'm sorry, it's it's not happening. I mean, I love JT, but part of me hopes that there's maybe a little bit of a bust. Yes, you are so maniacal. See what happens that is evil. <laughs> Don't put that juju on my man. Stop it. <laughs> Hey, oh, literally man. all of your teams are Not all of them. True. On every single only 80%. 16 of 20. Yeah, only 80% of my teams. Yeah. <laughs> 16 of 20 of John's 20. Dynasty Leagues. We discussed it this, this past true. week. He calculated This is accurate it. information. Oh, my gosh. On brand. Hashtag brand. All right, boys. Last question of the night. Are you getting Todd Gurley on a roster that is a win-now team for a one- or two-year rental we know the concerns. We know the history of the ACL. We know the history of the arthritis. We know he's on a one-year deal just for $5 million, but he's in a good offense that's probably going to throw the ball to him a bunch. There's a lot of research by my good friend Kyle Borgononi of the Fantasy Footballers looking at when players leave, there's vacated targets. It goes to the running back. The Falcons have the most vacated targets shocking. in the entire NFL. Am my I key- selling anyone? Am I selling anyone on Todd Gurley? Uh, you're not selling me on Todd Gurley because I was already sold on Todd Gurley, so I don't have any money left Same. with which to purchase Todd Gurley Same. from you. Fair enough. <laughs> um, absolutely, I'm in on Todd Gurley. I don't care if he's got 75% of both knees. This offense is going to chug. 75% of Todd Gurley knees are still great knees because he's a guy who can be the wide, the wide, the RB1 with 100% knees. And all he needs to do is be the running back 12, and he gives you great value on what his price is right now. The, he is going to score double-digit touchdowns. Yep. There is no doubt in my mind. I'm I'm with you. There, this this offense, 
Right. This offense is going to be one of those offenses that they have to outscore their opponents to win. That is going to be the only hope that they have. Yes. They're going to be slinging it all over the field. We know that Todd Gurley is a great receiving back. He's an exceptional receiving back in the red zone. We know that Atlanta likes to utilize their running backs in the receiving game. Devontae Freeman posted fantastic numbers. And Devontae Freeman was way more shot last year than Gurley is now. I, I If... if if Todd Gurley can hold up for the entire season, and there might be a little bit of, like, to bring in a basketball term, load management on Todd Gurley throughout the course of the year, but it, there, there will be. be, for sure. If There will be. It, that's going to be happening, but even then, if they can make him last for, you know, even if it's 14 of 60, 16 games, if he misses two throughout the course of the season, I still don't see a way where he's not a top 12 running back. The volume he's going to get, the touchdown opportunities that he's going to have, his ability in the receiving game. Zero, like, zero competition. Ito Smith, Brian Hill, they're not toting the rock. I'm sorry. it's No, it's not going to happen. This isn't face. like uh, Denver that has Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. There is no Philip Lindsay to Melvin Gordon in Atlanta. It's not the case. It's going to be Todd Gurley with over 1,000 yards and double-digit touchdowns. Easily. Like, it, it, Bets. You, I remember earlier this offseason, you were all in on Melvin Gordon and a lot out on Todd Gurley, or at least I think a little out on Todd Gurley in your rankings. Are they still in that order? Yeah, I'm just a little bit lower than you guys on Gurley, and it's mostly because, like, he's such an enigma because we've seen it, and you know how good he can be. But at the same time, we saw a lot of the advanced yeah. analytics last year and the bad. efficiency just plummet. Now, was that him or was that just like Sean McVay was like, I think I want to limit his workload, but I'm not sure if I should. And then like now the line wasn't great. So like, what do I do? And it was just a weird usage of Todd Gurley. Like they didn't use him in the passing game and that is his bread and butter. But Devonta freaking Freeman, who was absolutely washed last year. I'm sorry. He was amazing for fantasy, but he was done last year. He finishes the RB 20. So, well, wow. If you're telling me I can get Todd Gurley as like my yeah. RB three on a win now team, smash! Yes, I'm in because I don't think he's finishing outside the top no. twenty four. But if you're telling me that you're trying to get him as like a top ten, well, guy, yeah, you don't have to take him. I have that. concerns that's, about that. That's the benefit. So you don't have to take him for that. For that, right? Volume. And it depends on the price. That's, that's the beauty of it. Sure, it depends on the price. So yeah, I think at his price, I think we're all probably in on Gurley. Fellas, mm-hmm. what a show! It was fun to get back on the mic with you guys. Okada barely go, woke uh, up. Go he's, I think he's finally awake right Just, now. Just uh, go, go <laughs> um, to sleep. We're done. <laughs> yep. That closes out the divisional previews here, closing it out with wow. the NFC South. But we're back with another fantastic show later this week Whew. with Matt Harmon of Yahoo Fantasy talking wide receiver breakouts for 2020. Super excited about that show. Make sure if you're new, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on YouTube, leave that rating and review, tag us on Twitter to get in the Listener League. Don't forget about patreon.com slash ballblast and the website ballblastfootball.com is overflowing with content. John and, and Kate have been crushing behind the scenes looking at the be great. in-season it's content schedule. So We're going to have articles every single day, multiple podcasts, you name it, we've got it and we got you covered here. So, fellas, we are back uh, later this week. Follow Okada at Matt Okada. John is at Dynasty Beard. I am at the Fantasy PT. Until next time, we're the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Dynasty Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out BallBlastFootball.com for all things fantasy football.